0: Block TALK RADIO
1: Welcome to the Scares and Dares episode of the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Hakun Wong and I'm the Editor-in-Chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, as always, for Scares and Dares, is my co-host, Joanne
0: Kong. Hi, everyone.
1: As per usual, we'll be discussing our favorite scare of the week, which this time will be the 2021 reboot of Wrong Turn, as well as the prop bets we dare to make on the upcoming NFL Wild Card Weekend. And if you'd like to play along, go sign up at thrivefantasy.com and use promo code GARBAGETIME, that's promo code GARBAGETIME, to get an instant deposit match up to $100, you've got to be in it to win it. That's ThriveFantasy.com. Make your prop stay there and play along with us. Okay. Well, I think that's enough of that. Let's go ahead and get this thing rolling. All right. So as I mentioned, today our scare of the week is the 2021 reboot of the 2003 movie, Wrong Turn, which in turn had, I believe it or not, uh, five sequels all the way through 2014. Isn't that unbelievable? Six Turn movies. Um, The original wrong Turn movies generally dealt with slightly deformed cannibals living in the forest who became deformed due to a toxic spill, terrorizing teens with traps who generally get lost uh, either in the back roads or in the forest of somewhere around Virginia, and thus the movie name Wrong Turn. Now, Joanne, you've seen these Older movies, the original uh, set of movies. What did you think of the original movie?
0: I like the original movies, and you don't know that it's cannibals until later on, so you just kind of gave that away. If you've yeah, never seen alert the movie, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but yeah, it is. It is the the title is exactly what the movie is. You're driving along the road point in time there was no google you take a wrong that's turn right. and suddenly you find yourself with you know a couple of blown tires and yep. you know in the older movies that's how it begins uh and i like them but so this 2021 version was not actually a reboot but just i guess a kind of continuation but yeah. not with cannibal.
1: Right, right. Oh, oh! spoiler alert, everyone's, like, expecting cannibals, and we just told them no cannibals. Oh, no. <laughs> Sorry, guys. You know, I kind of think of the original Wrong Turn movies kind of like Home Alone, except instead of an 8-year-old kid setting up traps in his house for my cousin Vinny, it's deformed cannibals setting up traps in their forest home for unsuspecting teens, right? So it's kind of like Home Alone, yes. right? So if you like Home Alone, yes. you probably will like Wrong it's Turn. It's definitely yeah, it's very similar. Very similar. Macaulay Culkin would have been great in it. In fact, they should make a wrong turn movie today with Macaulay Culkin, and the two of them can set traps on each other. That would be amazing. I think that would be a fantastic idea. I'm going to – by the way, copyright, okay? No one steal that idea unless you're Macaulay Culkin, in which case take it and run with it because I want to see you up there in this new movie. All right. Anyway, as you mentioned, as Joanne mentioned. Uh, This movie generally has a similar plot to the old um, um, Wrong Turn movies, but it's um, not an exact reboot. And I think it's it's better for it actually by differentiating itself from the original movies. There are tons of unbelievable plot points. You know, I think there are certain aspects you suspend disbelief. I found it to be an enjoyable, gory romp that reminded me of the original series and similar movies from the 80s and 90s. And, and what I'll think – what we'll do is I'll just give you a little bit of background as to what this movie is about, um, and, and then we'll talk a little bit about how, what we thought about the movie. Now, keep in mind, this movie is, again, a, um, a 2021 movie. It's available for streaming on Showtime. It is a nice, brief one hour and 30 minutes. As you, If you haven't figured this out yet, we love those short horror movies. <laughs> we definitely are not overstaying their welcome, which is actually fantastic. Um, and in this particular movie, uh, the main character, Jen Shaw, and her boyfriend, Darius, and couples, Adam and Mila, and Gary and Lewis, arrive in a town to hike the Appalachian Trail. Okay, They encounter, in stereotypical fashion, hostility from the locals in the bar, especially from Nate. Uh, so Jen also meets this strange woman called Edith, who is selling homemade crafts along the side of the road and has this young mute girl, Ruthie, with her. All of those becomes really important later on in the story. Now the friends set off on their hike and as in previous movies in the franchise, uh, despite being warned not to, they go off the trail and they get lost because they want to find this old fort. And this giant trap triggers where a tree trunk comes crashing down a hill. Chaos ensues as the group is unable to backtrack to the trail So now they set up camp, and the following morning, one of them goes missing, their cell phones are missing, and they find this plaque mysteriously dated 1859 commemorating the creation of a group of settlers in the mountains called, quote, Foundation, who apparently believed that the end of the United States was near at that time. Um, So what follows is pretty much what you expect these City youth meandering around the mountain, being terrorized and eventually captured by unknown people living in the mountains, setting traps everywhere. And Jen's father, Scott Shaw, played by Matthew Modine, also travels the rural Virginia in search of his daughter. So there's that side of the story as well. So I'll stop there. So as not to spoil the entire movie. (laughs) But there are a few interesting twists along the way that ultimately lead to, at least for me, a very unexpected surprise ending. Just remember keep watching after the credits roll because it's not quite over until you watch it with the credits. So Joanne, what are your thoughts on this 2021 reboot of Wrong Turn?
0: Well, like you said, I did like that they took the mutants out of it. I think that Mm -hmm. was really big in the, I guess like 2000s or
1: yeah, and well, you, even the '80s and 90s, '90s, the hills, yeah, the hills have eyes, yeah. and Leatherface, and you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, all that uh, kind of very similar yeah. types of stories.
0: Right. So it's like it's kind of almost dated. So this mm-hmm. new idea of of in Wrong Turn, I liked because mm-hmm. there's no like mutant creatures, there's no superhuman being. They're just people. They're people right. that decided that they're going to live in seclusion. Right. That's it.
1: Sort of like The uh, Village by M. Night Shyamalan, but much more violent.
0: <laughs> and much more violent, yes. Much more violent. Uh, yeah, we don't want to give anything away because True. it True. is a good movie. Yeah. And once they get captured, it becomes pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. that, you just have six very diverse urban professionals in their 20s that decide they're going to go hiking. And, of course, like you said, do what nobody should do is veer off the trail.
1: Yeah, and, and you know what? Give them some plus. Yeah, I mean, I give them some props here for being a very diverse group of people. <laughs> I mean, that's they absolutely <laughs> incredibly representative. Uh, you know, so good job, horror film industry, for being very inclusive of all those uh, in our society. That's fantastic. The Big plus there. Um, You know, I did think that the movie, in terms of uh, filming, was a bit dark in the middle. Um, Parts of it after their capture were a little bit dark and parts of it during the beginning sequences in the the evening were pretty dark. Um, Maybe that was intentionally done. I found that to be a little bit difficult. Uh, I also thought, like I said, there were a few interesting twists along the way um, and that ultimately did lead to this a particularly surprise ending, although I did think that um, it was a little bit hard to, you know, buy. <laughs>
0: and just the ending right. Some 10 parts of so, it was
1: very difficult to believe.
0: Yeah, exactly. it was very difficult to believe. I agree. I agree with you. I think we were making fun of that when we were watching the movie.
1: Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and then actually the, the last 10 minutes really require massive suspension of disbelief, you know, because there was really no explanation for how this all, you know, why these things happen in the last 10 minutes and and how it could end up that way. But I I won't say more because I don't want to spoil it because I I did enjoy it. And I ultimately enjoyed the movie. And I think that my bottom line here is don't pay attention to the story that much, you know, just enjoy the ride. If you like relatively mindless but mildly suspenseful slasher movies of the eighties and nineties, I think that this will fit the bill. And and definitely I think would be a, a great option for a fun group watch if you have a bunch of people who wanna watch it together. Um so Joanne, last thoughts and then your rating. I also like I, I like
0: think I like a lot of movies, it's a really it's a it's a little bit they don't dive that deeply into it. But it really shows what people do when push comes to shove, Sure. like how strong some people are and how weak others are and what they really tend to do when they're under pressure. Mm-hmm. I think in these six characters, you do kind of see that. I mean, it's not a long movie, so they can't really develop it. But mm-hmm. you might not think that one person, one character would do the things that they do
1: right 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 and they definitely do um expose that along the way a, a very popular theme that we've seen in movies lately is what happens yes. to people when push comes to shove there's something we saw in squid games actually that we saw yeah it was a big popular theme I think there, maybe, you know?
0: maybe that's why yeah yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so i you know that so that's great you know i think that was a good part of it and, and certainly for an hour and 30 minutes it's uh, ample character development at least all right so what do you think what do you how many stars do you give this one
0: I give it a two and a half. I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. So I would definitely watch it again, maybe next year. (laughs) <laughs> okay and
1: i agree actually i am going to also give it two and a half stars out of four uh, i think this might be the first time we've agreed on a uh, rating for a movie i think it was enjoyable it was fun it was didn't overstay its welcome yeah. for the most part the acting was fine and that wasn't really the focus yeah, I was, anyway I thought, no
0: but i thought the acting was good it was mm-hmm. believable Yeah.
1: Yeah. And Matthew Modine going in there, of course, the great Matthew Modine making an appearance there. So that's always fun. Yeah. You Uh, can't
0: criticize him.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. So that was really good. So anyway, the bottom line is I think it's worth a go, worth a watch. Definitely worth a group watch. If you can get a group to watch it, you'll enjoy it. Just don't take it too seriously. Uh, And don't forget, keep watching after the credits roll because it's not over yet. Okay, so that's what we got right there. Hit the boxing bell on that. Let's get on to the next part of our show, and that is, of course, talking about the prop bets that we dare to make for Wild Card Weekend. And before we do that, let's talk about the last picks that we made for Week 18. So, Joanne, you made uh, a pick for Mac Jones under 212 total passing yards and Tua tagaviola at under 224.5 total passing yards. Mac Jones did not hit to a did hit, so you were one and one this week. Any uh, any thoughts? Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean that was just an unfortunate and unfortunate.
1: <laughs> yeah. But I was right. Uh, they did lose. Yes, that's right. You're right. As as we talked about last week, you did predict that maybe the Patriots will lose and they did lose. So uh, that did come true. And over the last five (laughs) weeks, uh, Joanne is now seven of 10. That's pretty good. And my two prop bets last week were Ben Roethlisberger over 233.5 total passing yards and Jonathan Taylor under 113.5 total rush yards as predicted ben roethlisberger and the pittsburgh steelers went out on top in a thrilling three-point victory um so and he did hit over 233.5 uh, jonathan taylor was under 113.5 as expected but as unexpected the indianapolis colts somehow managed to lose in big time to the jacksonville jaguars that's weird but either yeah. way it doesn't matter to me because i won my prop bets. yeah no the game was unbelievable yeah, you did but My prop bets were still accurate. So I'm happy with that. So that brings me also to 7 of 10 over the last five weeks. So we're both 7 of 10 over the last five weeks. Not so bad. Not so bad, everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, So now let's turn to our prop bets for this week. Joanne, why don't you start with your first prop bet of the week?
0: So I'm going to go with Mac Jones again. He's at over and under 207.5 passing yards. And I am going to go with the under again.
1: Okay. I'm going
0: to put on my chips wow. back on doubling under. doubling
1: down. Doubling down. Yep, okay.
0: <laughs> Why is that? So the Buffalo Bills currently have the best passing defense. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I'm going to think that they're going to stop Matt Jones from passing too much. Okay. The last time the Patriots faced the Bills um, at uh, – up at New York hmm. was during that big wind and snowstorm, and during that time, Mac Jones only threw nineteen yards. Well, Granted, well that it was, was like an really anomaly. heavy winds. Yeah, but nineteen yards, and then they met again in Week 16 right. uh, when uh, the Patriots hosted the Bills at Gillette Stadium, and right. at that time, Mac Jones threw for 145 yards. Yep. So I'm going to think that the Bills' defense is going to hold up against the Patriots' Mac Jones, and Mm -hmm. they're going to hold them below 207. Um, uh, Both teams are pretty good against the pass, not so great against the run. So I don't know how that's going to come into play, but I think for Mac Jones, The Bills are going to keep him under 207.5 passing yards.
1: Yeah, and we want to expect that if Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson are healthy again this week, and then you got Brandon Bolden, et cetera, that the Patriots, knowing that they were successful running the ball against the Bills, you know, obviously that that could be something that they will, um, you know, focus on in order to avoid. A loss like they uh, like they did in week 16. So um, who knows? But certainly all signs pointing to Mac Jones being under 207.5 passing yards. So my first pick of this week is Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts has a prop bet right now of over under 250.5 total passing and rushing yards. So that's 250.5 total passing and rushing yards. The Eagles playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this week on Sunday. And I am taking the under on 250.5 total pass plus rushing yards. So that's the under on 250.5 total pass plus rushing yards. Now let me tell you why. So Jalen Hurts has been a little bit of an enigma. He's been successful at times. He's been unsuccessful at times. But he's only exceeded 250.5 total pass plus rush yards in – he's only exceeded it uh, in two of his last eight games. So it doesn't happen that often that he exceeds that total. And the reason why he does exceed it is typically because he's running the ball. But recently, Jalen Hurts has not run much. And maybe it's due to the ankle injury and maybe he's just uncomfortable there. Or maybe they're trying to keep him healthy as he gets through the playoffs, assuming they make it past the Buccaneers. But either way, he's only <laughs> averaging 29 rush yards per game over his last three. So it's not like he's piling on tons of rush yards either. Uh, keep in mind, on top of that, the Buccaneers allowed the third least rush yards per game this season at just 92.5. So, you know, you put that all together and you're saying, well, he doesn't necessarily, he doesn't typically exceed 250.5 total rush plus pass yards. And even in the games in which he rushes a lot, he hasn't been running much over the last three, only averaging 29 rush yards. And the Bucks allowed the third least rush yards per game. And you kind of say, well, he's got to get that all in passing yards. And the, the Bucks aren't a terrible pass defense. They've only allowed an average of 238.9 passing yards per game. I don't think Jalen Hurts will get anywhere near that. Maybe he'll get around 200 to 220 passing yards, but certainly not the 238.9, which is the average. And, you know, if you add on the fact that he's not going to pile on a lot of rushing yards and the Bucks don't allow a lot of rushing yards, I just don't think his prospects are good for exceeding 250.5. So I am taking the under on 250.5 total pass plus rush yards for Jalen Hurts. Okay, uh, what's your second pick of the week?
0: Um, my second pick of the week is Stefan Diggs, okay. uh, who is playing against the Patriots. So the funny thing about this is that while the Buffalo Bills have the best passing defense right now, the Patriots have the second best passing defense. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So the standing so right now is that they are one and two, but okay. but I think that um, uh, Diggs, So first, Stephon Diggs is under over sixty six point five receiving yards. Okay. Even with that said, what I just said, I'm gonna pick the over. Okay. So I think Stephon Diggs will have over sixty six point five passing yards.
1: Receiving yards,
0: yep. Uh, receiving yards, I'm sorry. 66.5. Be amazing. I'm
1: definitely sure he's going to get under 66.5 passing yards, but who knows? You never yeah. know. But it, but definitely, all right, so over 66.5 receiving yards.
0: So Stefan Diggs right now has the seventh most receptions this season with 1,225 receiving yards. It's pretty good.
1: Okay. Yeah, that's not um, bad.
0: Uh, the last time they faced the Patriots in, in week six, he had 85, he received 85, um, had eighty-five receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So even with that game in Buffalo with the wind and the snow, he still had 51 receiving yards. Mm-hmm. So I really have to think that if the temperature is cold, but there isn't a lot of win, mm-hmm. uh, Stephon Diggs will be in play. Mm-hmm. And he's had 10 games this season with over 67 receiving yards. Um, we're talking – this is Stephon Diggs. He has been a big playmaker for the Bills this season. Absolutely. So if Josh Allen is not throwing this ball, it's going to be very difficult to to win. And mm-hmm. I know the Patriots know that Stephon Diggs is the target, but he has still managed, even with the coverage, still managed to get those balls. So I'm going to say that he's going to continue to do that, and he's not going to be taken down in Buffalo. So over 66.5 yeah. okay. receiving yards.
1: Yeah, I would assume. Okay, so you've been listening to Dead Air for quite some time there, and we're just going to ahead to finish this off because we had massive technical difficulties. Let me give you my last prop set. Of the week, and that is Tom Brady over under 26.5 total completions. I am going to be over on 26.5 total completions of Tom Brady. And let me tell you why. He's exceeded that number in his last two and four of his last six. And one of the ones that he didn't exceed it in, he hit exactly 26. So he's essentially there all the time. The Eagles allow the fifth most receptions this season with 409. And of course, with the injuries to Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones, that will limit the Bucks' ability to move the ball on the ground, which means that Brady will have to throw to score. And, and we saw how effective playoff Gronk can be in the playoffs, so I expect him to be throwing it a lot and getting those completions, particularly against the Eagles' defense, like which I said had the fifth most uh, pass completions this year. And of course, in his last six games against the Eagles, Tom Brady has averaged 30 completions per game. Guess what? 30 is more than 26.5. All right, so that brings us to the end of the show. Let's go ahead and hit the air horn on the show here. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and, uh, and uh, Joanne, give us your social media so people can follow you.
0: It's that Twitter, Tom for You.
1: All right, and you can find me uh, at FB Garbage Time on Twitter. And as usual, I encourage you to go out to Thrive Fantasy and play along with us because, of course, it's fun to win money and everybody can win money. So, go out there and win some money. Thanks for listening and wasting time with us. Uh, enjoy watching those cares and picking on those dares process and processing calls for the weekend. Until next time, make those picks, win that cash, and enjoy your NFL week. Goodbye.